are so honored that you're here with us for season three. We want to share, connect, and grow the paper flower community with you. Welcome to Paper Talk. Thank you for listening to this episode of Paper Talk. Today's episode is sponsored by our patron, Wendy McDowell. We appreciate your donation and we're excited to keep creating content for the paper flower community. If you're interested in supporting us, head on over to Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash paper talk and sign up as a patron. We would love to see you there. Welcome everyone to another episode of Paper Talk. Today, Quinn and I are chatting with the lovely Margie Keats. Welcome, Margie. We're so excited to have you over coffee as we chat (laughs) We are so excited to have you here to chat with us about, well, the common imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. This has been on the top of our minds. I think all of our minds with 2020, we've all kind of stayed home, done our own thing. And most of us are reflecting on what it means to be an artist in the paper flower world. So coming from my own experience, I'm trying to come up with my own collection for the first time. And that's coming from a very selfish part of me. As an artist, I kind of want to express myself in a different way, in ways that commissions just don't really address. And in coming to that, I've been fighting myself. I've been fighting with that little voice in my head because of, you know, past conversations I might have had with other artists and perhaps comments, <laughs> I would say comments that were that were given or I guess comments made to me about my work and how it might not be my style or that they weren't comfortable with some of the ways that I was styling my work. And that has lasted two, three, three years in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. And I'm finding it very difficult to overcome those comments that were made to me about my art, specifically as I'm trying to explore and grow as an artist, I'm having difficulties Mm -hmm. growing. I would say growing because I feel constrained by what other people think or believe my work is about or what it looks like or what my style is. And I'm struggling with that because I feel that even if ultimately my style isn't whatever style it is, it still is part of the process in growing, the process of experimenting, of exploring and having other people's opinions on the back of my mind makes me feel like maybe that isn't my style or that isn't where I should be going. So as such, that's what I'm struggling with. And Mm. we talked about this and you had some great things to to say about about it to me. Reassuring. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, I just want to interject like, who are these people? Let me beat them up for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the funny thing is, um, you know, they're fellow artists. And I don't I mean, in my particular situation, uh, when that comment was made to me, it was in a private conversation conversation. It was honest and it was frank. And at the time I, you know, I really was just genuinely just trying things out. You know, I wasn't particularly attached to a certain style. And I don't think that she realized how much of an impact it had on me. And it was a friendly Mm -hmm. conversation. The other thing being, I considered her, you know, a friend Mm -hmm. or at least acquaintance. We run in similar circles and I respect her work. I love her work. And I didn't want to step on her toes either. I think maybe that's a common thing. Luckily, I mean, I think we're both respectful enough of each other's work. And I think that's the problem. (laughs) That's Mm. actually the problem that I'm coming up with is I don't want to disrespect our conversation or her feelings. But at the same time, I feel like it's restricting myself because every time I do something, I'm like double thinking. I'm like, 
double checking. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, is that going to offend her? Is that too close? When really it probably isn't at all, but okay. kind of overthinking things a little bit. Yeah, I think that's yeah. part of our female like genetics is that we have these internal conversations with ourselves and we're always like, am I offending somebody? I think that as a female, we are most of all respectful of other people and we try not to step on other people's toes and we don't want to offend anybody. Like personally, I'm very careful what I try to say or do so I don't get a negative impact on either mentally or physically. And I think it's really hard as a female as we go through this. And I think the hard part is, as being an artist is trying to find your identity. When you're first starting out, you want to be able to try everything without, it's almost like a toddler. You want them to like, walk and run and, you know, climb on monkey bars. If they fall, then we'll pick them back up. And I feel like as the three of us, we are mentors of our group and we should have a supportive group where people can openly, honest, share and do things and we will cheer them on. And I think our paper talk community on Facebook, I feel like it's been an amazing platform. We've gotten Mm -hmm. so many positive feedback from people looking into our community, our paper flower industry and saying, wow, you guys are so supportive. That's something that's we've been trying to curate so much because both Jesse and I, we've had encounters like this at the beginning of our career and we don't want these negativity to be impacted with our new paper floors because it's such a brand new industry and brand new artists that are just starting out and we want them to succeed. And so I think this is a conversation I think is very needed. And I'm really grateful that you're opening up on this particular conversation because I don't think this conversation is being talked enough. Yeah, I mean, this is, this overall conversation is, um, it can definitely feel really uncomfortable because you're talking about a really fine line between imitation and inspiration. And I don't, it's almost impossible when you're first starting out to not have your work imitate someone, especially now at this day and age with how many tutorials are out there, that artist style who put the tutorial together is going to come through in your photos or in your flowers. It's really, really hard not to immediately have your flowers kind of look like someone else. When I first started, I didn't have tutorials, but I, I was looking on Instagram anyway. So I was looking at Tiffany Turner, Pay Patel. I was finding other artists who were doing this work and I I was looking at their flowers. I didn't necessarily have their tutorials, but it's not a shock to know that my flowers, my first ones look similar to theirs. It's how you learn. I don't think that I obviously don't condone like copying someone's style and then calling it as your own. And I do think that there's a point where you do need to start growing into your own self. But the only way you can do that is by practicing and by like continuing to work trying new things, being elastic as an artist. And so I personally have never had another paper florist talk to me about pushing imitation boundary, but I've definitely had other florists, actual florists come to me about what I was doing in, and it was particularly, it was in what I was offering in the Salt Lake City area that was now infringing on her market, which was really frustrating because I'm like, I'm sorry, like you can't tell me I can't make flower crowns, like that kind of yeah. stuff. So there's, there's I can't believe there's, that. Like <laughs> everybody makes floral crown. No yeah, one can claim I mean, that. But that's what's interesting. I think so for me, you know, when you try to break down why someone is trying to claim something as, as broad as that, right? Or as broad as anything that we have all had issues with. I don't understand it. And I think it's because I me as an artist. It may have been that situation with with this particular person that kind of hurt me so much that I was like, I don't ever want to do this if I ever have the opportunity 
to keep pushing a boundary and I try something new and then someone tries it underneath me, which by the way, floral crowns were not pushing boundaries, but okay. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of told myself like, this is not something that it's not the way that I should react to it. But I think that also came with internal growth because I'm not saying that my, that was mindset in day one. Obviously, when you're first starting this journey or even in if you're in your year four, like it kind of feels like you're just you're doing as much as you can, as fast as you can. And it can be really hard not to look around and see what everybody else is doing. And instead of taking that as inspiration or like, wow, look how amazing this community is. It can be really easy to switch over to being like, I either their work is similar to mine or mine, mine, theirs is better than mine, or it's easy to have a negative viewpoint of it. And so, and trust me, like for the first year and a half of my journey, I had to stop unfollowing certain artists and had to fall, stop unfollowing certain paper florists, actually, because it was starting to get into my head a lot. And I was not being able to focus on my own craft. And so usually when people ask me how to get around or how to like, get through this imitation phase or get through this. How do I make sure that like, I don't compare myself too much. It's like, there's a mute button for a reason. There's an unfollow button for a reason. Like there's you, it is okay. We are a wonderful and loving community. And I'm very proud to be a part of this community because we really are. But in the end, if you're following an artist who's really hindering the way that you'd look at your artwork, unfollow them, mute them. You need to do what's right for you. Right. And so going back to my first year and a half, what also changed was my mindset about what I can create is going to be different for anybody else. It's not because of the paper I use or the paints or who I work with, or how many magazines I can get in. It's purely because I made it with my own hands. And every single artist has that power. And yes. I think that immediately helped me. It was like, no, you, anybody can do this then. So anybody can make arrangements. Anybody can make still lifes. Anybody mm -hmm. can do a big backdrop. Anyone can make big flowers. Anyone can style it however you want. Because in the end, you are your own artist. I understand that things can look similar, but no one can do it like you. So the minute that you feel that and are empowered by it, it helped let me go wanting to have my own bubble of like, these are the things I do well, and no one else can do them. It was very, I was very protective of certain styles until I realized that was just putting me in a, in a very small hole and I wasn't growing out of it. So the minute I stopped going like, no one can do these things. And I just went like, no, I, I, I get to try new things and I'm going to keep pushing my boundaries and growing as an artist for myself. And my work will look unique and different mm -hmm. because I did it. And, I, and then I put blinders on and just went for it. <laughs> <laughs> I just talked for a long time. Sorry, but that's, I, I, I understand. I went in a real big circle, but um, that's going back to you. what Jesse said was, I'm sad to know that that's what you're feeling. And that what, that's stopping you from growing as an artist, because what you've already accomplished in, you know, the time that you've been doing what you've been doing is so wonderful and beautiful. And you shouldn't feel like you couldn't keep growing. And so it's one of those things where I wish I could talk to both sets of artists, right? I want to talk to the artist who is worried about imitating. And then I want to talk to the artist who is defending their work so fiercely because both of them, I feel like could be used the same, the same advice, which is let go, let go. It's sure. okay. Feel empowered with your own work, with your own power and know that no one else can take that from you because they can't. And then you move on with your own work and stop focusing on what others are doing. And 
I personally believe that when people imitate or replicate that I will always be a step ahead because I am focused on my own journey. And so that's what I wish I could just tell both sides of this because both sides are valid. Trust me, I've been on both sides where I hate it things when you see someone do something similar to you or exact to you, right? And it stings when someone tells you like you can't do something. So I understand both sides. I'm just letting you know what helped me. And that's it. I just realized no one is me. And that sounds a little like, guys, no one can be me. I'm so pompous. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. I mean, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just, and it's true. It's the truth. But it's like, true. No, yes, it's so the true. Truth. It's I had multiple true. people in my studio where I tried to teach them how to make my flowers and they're not my, and I'm standing next to them going like, nope, fold the, like, you know, mold the paper this way, paint it this way. And their flower still comes out different. And that's because it's not my hands. Yeah. And, and then, the, but their flower is still beautiful. Hello. Like, because it's her hands and she's making something stunning. And that's why I think we need to remember like the type of work we're in is so so unique and so beautiful because we're making flowers with our hands. That's so powerful. So, and there's plenty of space here for all of us. Mm-hmm. So plenty. much. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. I really <laughs> love what you just said, Margie. It's just, I think what happens when you as an artist, what your journey, what you've done in the past, what you have come across either television, art, museums, people, it helps mold how you look at things. And then in turn helps you mold whatever is coming out of your hand. Because no matter what you teach, something else is also pushing them to go in a different direction. And Jesse, I just want to say that I think you need to do it because what you're doing, if that other person that's kind of nagging at you is like, you can't do that. I say you have your own style that comes across no matter what happens. Like I brought this example up before where you've done a Dahlia and I've done a Dahlia, but our Dahlia- And I've done a Dahlia. Yeah, yeah. We're, And the thing is, it's all different. It's all different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know what, you guys, dahlias, there's thousands of varieties out there, all misshapen, fresh and paper. It's our own unique voice and stamp in the world. Just make it. We're going to give you permission. Just do it. (laughs) Yeah. And then, I mean, this is even the basic understanding. Like there are no paper florists out there right now who are telling anybody like, sorry, I made a rose first, so no one else can make a rose. So it makes sense. Oh, we all understand like all the flowers are free reign, right? Yeah. So then why is it styling free reign? Why isn't how we arrange the flowers free reign? Why isn't yeah. like, for example, still life, go for it, have, do it. Like you're, I guarantee whoever wants to make a still life, do it. And mm-hmm. obviously like you can even call it, I took still life from the actual, like what an actual still life is, which is a painting, right? Like, I just think that's interesting is no one, at least from my understanding has, from my knowledge has ever like tried to own a flower and that's because mm-hmm. when you say that out loud I'm like that sounds absurd like you can't <laughs> own a flower right why don't we keep stepping back and going like well I can't own an arrangement style yeah because you didn't like doesn't make I can't own a, yeah. a, a yeah. styling tip but like that would be like someone telling me I can't put it on colored backgrounds like I and like in my mind that's why like when the comment was made in my mind I was like you're kidding me right because it's my flower and it was a styling thing it wasn't even the flower it wasn't even which actually yeah. is a different topic which is a great topic too when we're talking about you know learning from tutorials and making a flower like margie you were saying you're teaching somebody to make a flower it kind of looked like yours but it's not like yours because mm-hmm. their hands made it so that's the same thing in terms of tutorials people you know i see my flowers everywhere and trust me at the beginning i was a little bit you know you do feel like oh my god that, that's my flower and you your heart skips a beat but after seeing it you know I just you kind of like have to internalize it and talk to yourself and be like wait like yes it is but 
at the same time, like I know that the more they make it, the more it's going to evolve into their hands and it's going to look like their style. And you just kind of have to be the bigger person and also realize on the flip side is that our words have weight. So mm-hmm. if we are encouraging to them, they're going to do amazing. But if we even make one negative comment or not even a negative comment, but a comment that maybe affects them, it could carry on. Our words have weight, you know, as more established paper florists, people do look up to us. So words of encouragement can mean the world to other paper florists and yet words that might slight them or that are a little bit negative it could carry on in their lives like they can think about it for years like me it like it lives in your head but I mean essentially going back to okay me myself because it's in the back of my head yeah I do want to move on and I do want to try it (laughs) and as much honestly as much as you guys great encouragement you guys are telling me like what I should be thinking in my head it's still so it's still like right there it's still self-doubt I mean it's just something I have to get over well we can talk too about this is definitely this has multiple facets to it as well but I'm wondering Jesse because this is how I feel when I start new things too is this is also a part of like at least for me when I as established as I am in my in my like avenues of how I push my flowers when I try something new it's terrifying and it's usually it's to me that that fear isn't coming from like am I going to step on anybody's toes it's like what if I really mess up? Like, what if this is just like and that might a waste be of too, time yes. and a waste of money? Like, I think this is a combination of all of it, right? And I know we're right now we're talking about imposter syndrome. So there's multiple facets to imposter syndrome, right? It's not just because there's other people around you who are doing similar things. It's also being afraid of you not being able to be, do it at the level that you see, that you see around you. And then also at the level that you have at your own like Mm -hmm. in your own mind. And I still like to this day, still feel like I'm an imposter. Sometimes it took me years to even call myself an artist. And the only time I actually was like, Oh my gosh, wait, I think I'm an artist (laughs) was when I did push myself past like my limit and made my still life for the first time. That was when I was like, okay, I've done it. (laughs) But that was so scary. And also I made 11 before I even sold one. I am working on a second line that I've been working on for a year and a half now, almost two years, 2020. Let's not talk about it. That that was was rough. (laughs) But you know, they don't make me money right away. So it's hard to focus on it. But it's also a thing that I know now has helped me grow so much as an artist. But when I was first starting it, I was scared. I, who am I? Who am I to try to make something even more elevated than what I was already trying to promote, which was hard to get even people to grasp that my paper flowers were a piece of art and that you needed to pay this much for them. And then I wanted to put them on a wall and go, okay, now the tr- the price has you know quadrupled. Mm-hmm. Pay for it. Like, who, the, who, who am I? What? And so I, I still sit here and go, who the F am I? Like, I think imposter syndrome is something that everyone deals with at every single level. And there's multiple reasons for it. I think my current reason is I really want to focus on still life. So I really want to focus on that. And they don't make me enough money to focus on that. So I need to continue what I'm currently doing. And it feels like I'm getting pulled so many different directions right now. And you, you should, as an artist, be elastic to it, you know, be, be willing to, to change and be willing to try new things. But the more established you get, the scarier changes, the mm-hmm. harder it is to change and the harder it is to like continue to keep growing yourself as an artist without completely like revamping your brand or changing who you are as a person that your followers or your clients have gotten to know and who support and want to keep supporting so then how do you keep, how do you take them along with you? Mm-hmm. And 
I don't know any of those answers. So that is why I feel like the imposter syndrome is here. I don't know. (laughs) You know what you said earlier, putting your blinders on. I feel like Jesse and I have done that for the past couple of years since we started Paper Talk is like we just really doubled down and worked and just did the work because there was so much work. We did actually didn't have a chance to look up and say, who else is doing it too? We're just like pumping out the orders, pumping out content to make sure that we are creating this community where it's a safe environment for everybody. Speaking for myself, I've been really exploring other platforms from Instagram, TikTok, Clubhouse is a new one, YouTube. And it's just, it pulls me in all different directions. But then I go back and I says, what is my branding? And I think you of all people have really cemented your branding. Like everybody knows the lovely app, Margie Keats. I mean, bam, like we had a conversation in the clubhouse and everyone says Margie knows her branding. Like her branding is cement. And so, wow, yeah, you are a star and you are definitely one of the mentors for so many paper florists and your positive comments on this particular episode is amazing. And for those that are listening, please know that each of us are here for you. DM us if you have anything that you need to chat. And if you're on Clubhouse, I welcome you to have a conversation with us because (laughs) it is so much fun. But I just want to say that imposter syndrome is real. Like each of us right now, we are dealing with it. And we all have that niggling voice that someone in our past reprimanded us slightly or a little bit harshly. And it reverberates in our head every time we're about to try something new. And it's something we all struggle with. So know that we know what you're going through. So talk to us. I'm sure anybody else, like I know Quinn and and Jesse, you both had careers before this that were thriving, were successful. Like, and same with me. I, I worked really hard to have the career and to be able to feel like confident, tell people like, yeah, this is what I do. And then, so then switching that to be mm-hmm. like, I work for myself and I'm a paper florist. And that I think also it's taken me a while to like really settle in and be like very proud of what I do, which is funny because I've never worked so hard in my whole entire life. So I think that also is how Mm -hmm. to get people around you to take you seriously. And when they don't, and if especially if it's close to home, if it's a partner, if it's your family, if it's your parent who don't understand what you're doing, the imposter syndrome is like even more. It's like, then who am I to even try that? Right. So um, true. So I just, that's another thing I want to say is like, I still go through that where I'm like, mm-hmm. um, where someone will be like, what do you do for a living? And I'm very quick to be like, all right, here's my phone. Because and they're like, that's <laughs> okay. Because I'm like, I'm a paper seller. And they're like, what? And I was like, yes, exactly. Excuse my language. Excuse my language. My bitch, just see this. Okay. <laughs> but, but you know, it's it, but I'm proud of what I do. So proud. But I've worked really hard to be proud, right? I've worked six mm-hmm. years to put this much content out to change it. Like even looking back, and that's why when I did that earlier, I don't know if, if you follow me, you saw that I posted like every year how my flowers have changed. And I feel like I need to keep doing that. The amount of response that I got, especially from young paper florists, new paper florists, right? They were like, your flowers look like this. And I was like, yeah, yes, it takes time. It takes time and your own energy and your belief in yourself to continue to grow your brand and your style. And my style looked a thousand times different than what I currently make now. And even from last year or two years ago, my, my flowers look different. And I yet at the same time have been able to pull my current clientele with, right? 
there it's funny I still get one or two orders of people going like but I like these flowers that you made in 2016 <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> like I can't make them like um, that anymore <laughs> I mean, I would, I, I, there was one where I'm like I don't even know how to make that like what what did I do <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is like I guess what I'm trying to say is that has also kind of gone and gone into my own imposter syndrome is, is knowing that like that the people around me, their opinion matters to me. It shouldn't. I should, you know, be able to put two middle fingers in the air and be like, I don't care what you think. But we do. We're human. And I'm very thankful that I have a very supportive husband who who <laughs> from day one, from seeing my original flowers, were like, yeah, you can do this. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so thankful for that. But, you know, at the same time, like I can, I also know what it feels like to have people like, I remember when I gave my boss my two weeks notice, he laughed in my face and was like, you're going to do what? Okay. And he's like, don't, I remember him saying, you don't come back here looking for your job back. And I was like, okay, but you know what I mean? Like there were so many, and like in 2013, you both know this, there wasn't, there's not pathways. There were pathways to show me how, show us how we could do this. Mm -mm. And what I love about us three is we all started at the same time and look how unique our businesses are. We can survive and live and thrive in our community because our businesses are unique to us, right? Yes. And that, but I'm not telling you either one of you that you can't sell arrangements on a website. I can't tell you that you can't go do your, yeah. your own body and artist, just like I am. If I want to start, I don't know if I'll ever start doing tutorials, but I never, I don't want like at the same time, like I shouldn't feel fear to do them just because others have offered tutorials. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what I'm trying. I'm, I know I'm kind of going around in circles and I apologize, but I do want to make like, kind of talk about the multifacets of imposter syndrome. It's not just about being worried that you're stepping on someone's toes. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. And I think it's just really helpful to know that like, we all go through it. We all stay in it. I don't want you to believe that after a certain point in your business or after a certain point in how long you've been doing this, you're going to stop feeling this way. It's always going to be there. There's always going to be that thing in the back of your head that goes, you're not good enough. And that really sad to say out loud, but it's true. We, that's what, who we are as humans, right? And so there's different tools that you can use to keep that voice in the back or try to get it out of your head completely. And that's why I think paper talk is going to be amazing because we're going to go through that <laughs> a little bit. Way through. <laughs> that's right, you guys. We are releasing another paper X talk lecture. This time we're changing the format up completely. We're only doing a one-time lecture. It's going to be on February the 20th at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 11 Central Time, and noon at Eastern Standard Time. The really cool thing about this particular lecture is we will have a lecture probably about an hour, maybe an hour and a half with Q&A, but then we're going to do a special thing. We're doing a breakout room with three different breakout rooms with three of us in separate rooms, but we will only have certain number of tickets for each breakout room where you can specifically ask your question to each of us. I think it's going to be really, really cool and so informative and so helpful. We want you to come because it's only $10. So no excuses. Come and learn and empower your paper flower journey. No matter what stage you're at, I think this particular lecture is going to help you so much. I'm so excited. I know. I know. I'm really excited because I wish I would have had this, you know, when I was first starting, I wish I could listen to something like this, even in year three of my journey. And Mm -hmm. so I think that most people know this about us three, that we are very open about what we've gone through and how we've worked through it. And obviously each one of us has a different response because we're all different people. But that's the thing is exciting to be able 
able to talk about something that a lot of times, a lot of different types of communities don't really discuss. Mm -hmm. And it's, we've got this weird, like, there's this thing that we all try to do, which is basically try to pretend like we have it all together. <laughs> no, yes, as we Instagram don't. would show up. <laughs> I know. And I think that that's such BS. Come on. <laughs> so it's so nice to be able to just, I, I'm excited to have a more intimate conversation with people, especially in the Q&A. Because we can have, you know, a base subject that we can talk about, but like any questions are like go-to questions, we're there for you. And so I'm excited. I can't even believe that price point. Like, woo, well, we come want on, people guys. to be there. Yes. <laughs> we just want you guys to come and, and chat and connect. And I mean, this topic really, like you said, everyone, I don't want to say suffers from it, but it is a syndrome. Everyone mm-hmm. suffers yeah. from it, but we don't talk about it a lot at all. It's, it's yeah. as if, you know, people, I don't know if it's a women thing, we try to kind of deal with it ourselves and be like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to deal with it because it's so personal something we don't want to talk about it. But I mean, as you're just hearing from Margie, there's a lot to it that I think it's healthy to share and talk about mm. because I bet everyone's going to feel a little bit better after the conversation. Like, I'm yes. a little bit now. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, yes, I can go out there and conquer the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, I think it's hard is social media makes it look like everything, like everyone's perfect too. Like that's yeah. the other hard part. And so I think that would be fun. We, we can have different conversations about how to combat these feelings that are arrived because that's the thing is like, I wish so badly I didn't have to focus on social media that I could pass it off to someone else or that I could not have it on my phone at all. Cause I do think that it is part of the reason why, right. Cause like, how would other people know what you're doing if you're not constantly posting about it? Right. And then how, how do you not feel like you're falling behind or not doing enough when you see constant, constant content, right. And so that's another facet. I'm I'm just finding all these facets about this. (laughs) But it's true. It's It's so so multifaceted. It's so many reasons. And we can go over all of them because I have learned how to balance social media a little bit better. I'm sure you guys have too. It's a wonderful place to create content and to have a community but there's definitely a balance that needs to come with it. Mm -hmm. And that's also another reason why you might be feeling super not sure where you stand is because you're flooded with how many different options there are. So there's another one. Yes, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) There's going to be such good information in this. We're not going to be able to fit it all. Please sign up for the paper talk. I think it's going to be amazing, but we're also available at any time. Reach out if you need anything. We're here for you. This is hard. And you can't do it alone. And I know that I wouldn't have gotten through it without people like Quinn and Jesse. So thank you. Thank you. No, thank Um, you, Margie. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'm excited, guys. Yay. So to find more information, go to www.papertalkpodcast.com. It should be at the very front page. We'll put it as our main landing page. So it'll be easy for you to find. And if you have any questions, feel free to DM us all the platforms you can find us. And for our Patreons, there's a lot of great B-rolls and sneak peeks (laughs) that we will share with you on the platform. (laughs) Thanks, guys. And thanks, Margie, for dropping by and having this chat with us. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. Okay, now the fun part. We forgot to ask you. What is your favorite drink and what are you watching right now? Okay. All right. I think I need to go off of what I'm watching right now. Cause then that kind of, it, it makes my favorite drink make sense. Makes sense then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm obsessed with Bridgerton right now. I think it is wonderfully written, beautifully filmed. The set's like beautiful. The, yeah. yeah. The set's insane. It sounded like I said set. <laughs> Well, anyway, did you guys uh, know 
all the costume, all the furniture were all handmade for that series. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like it was incredible. I could not believe it. All the clothes, all the furniture, all the curtains was all made specifically for this particular series. Could you imagine? Oh my gosh. I mean, it's a fun show that I'm enjoying. Mm -hmm. It's a nice break from like my murder mystery shows that I'm (laughs) watching. Poor husband's like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm watching that and that, yeah. I am a bad person at balance right now with work. So I'm taking, because with COVID-19, I can't have as many people in the studio. Actually, I've, I've had zero people in the studio to help with production. So right now we're going back to like circa 2016, where it's just me and my poor, poor wrist. Uh, <laughs> but I am taking work home, which I would not recommend. Obviously try to have a better balance, but right now it's not very possible for me. But anyway, so I'm, yeah, when I'm working at home, I'm watching Bridgerton and Right now, because it's winter time, I'm drinking old fashioned. So some double rye whiskey nice. and some I found these bitters. They're they're called winter something bitters. And it's cranberry, orange peel, licorice, and nutmeg. And it's Ooh, so good. Bitters are something that I got like really nervous about. I'm like, what are these things? First of all, they're expensive. And if you use too much, you're you're in trouble. But I've been having a lot of fun in the in 2020. <laughs> 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 so anyway, <laughs> but obviously any time like coffee. Hello. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> I would have to say I'm a Manhattan girl myself. <laughs> Me too. Actually, my favorite drink is a green point, um, but mm. I don't know how to make that. I know it's it's using rye whiskey. I don't even know what else. It's a, um, I don't know how to describe it, Quinn. It's ca- similar to Manhattan, but with green chartreuse, no, yellow chartreuse. So it's got this like a really, it's good. So next time, next time, hopefully soon in the next year where we can mm-hmm. be in a bar yes. and you trust the bartender, <laughs> ask her a green point. Done. And it, it's amazing. Okay. Anyway. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Oh, guys. Love it. Uh, thank yeah. you so well, thank much. Thank you guys so much for having me. And I'm so excited. Thank you guys for having me on. And I can't wait to talk to you guys at the end of the month. So make sure to sign up February 20th. Yay! <laughs> if you're looking for a way to support us, please hit subscribe and write us a review. We would appreciate it so much. You can also support us as a patron on patreon.com. Your contribution would help us continue to create great content for you and the Paper Flower community.